Hey there! Welcome to Clock Down Moto Hour. I'm your host, Jordan. And joining me today, we've got Robert. Hey! Big Daniel. Hello. Little Daniel. Oh, God, why? <laughs> <laughs> and Chris. Hello. And yeah. You know what? I have to say right off the bat, I know that you Californians have your beautiful weather all the time. But we've been graced with some pretty great weather out here in Eastern Oregon. The weather has been good. Ooh. The bikes have been rolled out, and I have been wheeling in the front yard. How's it been out there in Western Oregon, Daniel? Big Daniel? Uh, it's been fantastic, except I can't ride. So why yeah. is that? Yeah, why? why what, what, what's going on? on? Well, why? Why don't I tell you? Well, why don't I tell the audience? So Jordan had this bright idea. Well, he normally does. What? We all. We all got together. Everybody here, the the podcast fam, got together. Mm -hmm. We uh, we went riding at Virtue Flats in Baker City, which is a couple miles outside of Lucran. I brought my clapped out XR 650L, which was burning more oil than it should have been. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we rode for about an hour and a half. Um, and then Robert made a very um, obvious move to avoid a very <laughs> terrible uh, ditch that I was not paying attention to. <laughs> Uh, and I thought maybe I could just full send through this um, yes. shrubbery, Ooh. as I'll call it. Um, through a not which, insignificant <laughs> ditch. Yeah, a not so. insignificant ditch. It was about four feet deep and about eight feet wide. It was pretty intense. Wow. And I didn't see it because uh, I wasn't looking at it from the top of the hill that we were coming down. And I thought, yeah. I'll just haul ass up the other hill. you know. <laughs> and as I do on motorcycles generally, when I see a big hill, I just rip her wide open because like, you know, you're just going to send it silly. And, uh, yes. as I do. And I, uh, yeah, I stopped from about 25 miles an hour and I went to about zero miles an hour in about yeah. 0.5 seconds. Yeah. And, uh, I broke my left wrist in a lot of places. Yeah. Um, it hurt real bad. Jordan tried to convince me it was just a spring, but I knew immediately <laughs> that it was broken on the side of the trail. Anytime I, some... I say, anytime I say, nah, that's not broken. It's definitely, <laughs> definitely broken. I was like, I'm pretty sure this is broken. Luckily, uh, uh, Danny had uh, came in clutch with a Tylenol, and mm -hmm. then they left me uh, in the middle of the desert <laughs> with the buzzards. Whoa, whoa, while they, uh, <laughs> while they we went, went to, go, to, to go get help <laughs> to go find the trail or to, to go, go find the road. A sandwich. Um, yeah. And after about Cute. after about 45 minutes, I was able to pull the clutch in, and I rode up the hill in first gear. You did with a broken road. With I a broken it. wrist. I did with a broken a wrist. Very broken wrist. And then I rode uh, the WR with a recluse clutch um, <laughs> almost all the way back until we got to that sketchy hill. And I was like, eh. <laughs> yeah. maybe I'll let y'all do it. But um, no, it worked out. And uh, now, uh, surgery later, I've got five screws in my arms and a tiny, or five screws in my, my uh, radius and uh, a titanium plate. And it's um, healing up pretty well. And uh, I'm off work and it's, uh, yeah, ton of free time. It's a nice vacation, but a little bit of nice. pain, not too bad. So nice. Yeah, it, it was, be, could be much worse considering it. Definitely. If, if I, one of our beloved listeners is from out here in Eastern Oregon, you'll know that Virtue Flats, uh, there is the one trail, which is kind of the circular trail that goes around the OHV area. And the area he tried to jump was, I believe, 51 or 52. It's actually not just a ravine, but it's actually a whole nother trail start. So it's it's pretty wide. I want to say it's at least five or six feet wide that he tried to jump. And yeah, about four feet Listen, deep. And I'm not going to I'm not going to sugarcoat this. I was not trying to jump anything. 
I straight up did not see it. <laughs> you just thought, was, you just thought was, Robert went was, around that bush just, just for fun. Well, well, that thing is, is that I, when I saw it, because I was up high enough and I could see the ravine, but the way that it, the way that, you know, it's all fucking goddamn like brown dirt. You can't really tell what the hell is there. <laughs> and I just saw dirt. And I just saw like, you know, what the angle I was at, it looked like it was flat. So when I came down the hill uh, and I was like, I'm just going to send it to these bushes, I, I opened it up like, you know, 10 feet from the short shrubbery, like a foot and a half, but it was hiding the really like steep downhill that was like right there and i launched off of it you know and then my front tire hits the other side and that was all she wrote to be fair um, you almost made it i almost made it i did yeah i was i was i myself and the bike were both out of the ditch i mean you yourself made it the bike was was, almost there i was gonna say i was following so i took the i was taking the lead for most of the ride up until that point and then i decided to hang back and, and play sweeper and I was a little ways behind you. I don't know if I was I was futzing with something on the bike before I came down. And so all I saw was I saw Robert on coming up the top of the next hill. And then I saw just a gigantic cloud of dust. And then when I get down to the bottom, I was like, oh, shit. And I saw you had actually gotten the bike to the other side, which, you know, moving a 350 some odd pound bike over to the other side. That's impressive. So it yeah you had made it I just I was, I was going a little fast. more pull on the front I I feel like if there was a yeah. little kicker there you would have had it you would have had it for sure yeah so, I on, I mean I think I was really close I mean you look where my tire hit like it was yeah yeah because yeah, I, I, I same I thing I as the as the leader I guess I was I, hold you for I, five I, minutes I, Robert I saw <laughs> at the, I also saw it kind of at the last minute and then and then made a kind of hard left turn around it. And I was going up the, so it was sort of in, in the pocket between, you know, like a downhill and an uphill. So I'm coming up the other side and all I can think of, like, I'm keeping an eye forward because I'm going over rocks and all I'm thinking is like, man, I hope, I hope whoever was right behind me saw that in time. I'm like, yeah, it was pretty obvious. I, you, they probably saw me swerve. And then I, da, 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 da. and then I, you know, class, I get to the, I finish climbing and I get to the ridge and I stop and I like look back and there's nothing. And I'm like, yeah, that's it, probably catching up. I'm like, nothing. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> sure enough, I turn around and I come down and I just see a very defeated Daniel, just like sitting, looking off into the ditch, just thinking, contemplating yeah, life and his I choices. Do. I mean, you, you, you pitched hard left, like in a very obvious manner. Now that I'm like replaying it on my brain, it was like very obvious. Like, oh fuck! Like you went left. <laughs> And I just didn't. I was like, why didn't he just go through that? <laughs> for for me, like, that. Watch, I watched this happen because it was Robert, yeah, Daniel, so then me. <laughs> I saw Daniel not turn and veer to the left. I was like, oh, that's, uh, that's good. This is going to be interesting. And then, a lo, and bo- lo and behold. <laughs> yeah, it, it was pretty. I mean, honestly, if I had been paying attention to that area of the trail when I was at the top of the hill, I would have seen it no problem. But it wasn't. I was paying attention to what was in front of me because I'm like, I also hadn't ridden since August off off road, so I was like, you know, feeling. I was still getting my my uh, my sea legs under me, and <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just shit happens. So that's how that goes. But yeah, there's kind of a lesson <laughs> to the kids out there: keep ride your bikes in the dirt. Yes, yeah. ride your ride bikes. Won't happen to you. Yeah, don't dirt. cut corners. Just don't cut corners. Don't just cut corners. Don't do that. Um, ride through the dirt. Yeah, maybe Literally we'll upload. Maybe we'll upload the little monologue I gave. Uh, to the clapped out uh, Instagram 
until it's like a little yes. minute long video of my little wrecked area that you can see so yes yeah <laughs> well you know and and i think uh my uncle used to be a desert racer back in the days of malcolm smith he used to race with malcolm smith and i remember one day uh, a couple years ago we had to sit down and we both kind of agreed there's like this magical distance when you're riding in the desert because that's kind of desert open terrain that there's this like magical area that you should look to and you should never look too far out of that window or too close to that window because if you look too close you'll kind of anticipate things too much and you'll throw your bars around too much and kind of get unsteady and if you look uh if you don't look far enough out then you kind of don't see the things that you need to see but in the desert when you're riding fast there's always this kind of like window that you want to be always scanning you know and uh yeah well it happens to the best of us you know i think we've all had those kind of pretty gnarly wrecks um but you know today i wanted to talk a little more i had a lot of fun with the last tales from the trail that we did so we're going to call this tales from the trail volume two and we're going to talk about kind of those memorable trails rides maybe areas we went or trips that we took uh and just kind of tell a little bit more about that because i really like doing the storytelling component it's really fun but first as always we'll talk about what is on the bench where did you ride this week and let's check in with that ratio a little bit. See where you're at. My, uh, you know, a mind change. So I was pretty stoked about that. But let's start, little Danny. Where um, are you at? So uh, the ratio is unchanged. Um, we're sitting probably 60-40. But I actually did do some work. I started disassembling a Pook E50 um, to rebuild a Free Spirit, which is one of the lovely pook models um so i got it pretty much disassembled i did got all the uh stator magneto and the clutch out um i hadn't gotten a chance to split the cases yet um because as soon as i pulled the clutch out i kind of lost my steam because i noticed that my clutch pads were gone mm. and this this was mm. an engine that was running uh when i took it apart but i could tell that it had not been rebuilt and many a years and definitely could use a re-up so those are uh engines you can rebuild and put back together in a couple hours there i was gonna say are the i'm kind of curious are the 50 cc like two-stroke engines that come on mopeds are they all fairly universal no. or no they're, they're, they're all different? pretty different the okay because pook has the the single speed and a dual the two speed the okay. so the ZA fifty is the two speed, the E fifty is the one speed, and then there's a Z fifty, which I, I forget what the difference is. I think that might be the the three speed one. Um but yeah the E fifty is just like real simple, probably the most straightforward engine you can rebuild. You can disassemble it, rebuild it in two hours from That's start to finish. Um but yeah, the uh clutch pads were just burnt and toast so that was uh that stalled my my drive of rebuilding it because i had to figure out a new clutch luckily my that's a it's an auto clutch right like a centrifugal yeah. clutch mm-hmm. kind of curious like about arm that. swing it yeah so daniel something to think about maybe now is moped, moped season for <laughs> Ooh, yeah. moped season is upon us um yeah Honestly, so that recluse clutch was pretty sweet <laughs> So luckily, my neighbor down the street um, has come in clutch and is giving me. <laughs> yeah, I had to do that. 
um, and is uh, is gifting me one of his previously used clutches that still has got some uh, some life left in it until I get myself a new one. So I just got to go pick that up from him. Do they just um, this has piqued my interest? Do they have like friction plates like in the clutch themselves, like a normal uh, I I don't know normal motorcycle clutch would? Uh, I don't know what a normal motorcycle clutch is. No, it's like a it's like a centrifugal clutch. So it's it's so um, as it like there's the the clutch bell and then as it spins the Um, the things go up and grip. Okay. Okay, so there, there's a surface there, though, like a friction plate that it can warrant. It yeah, can the, the clutch bell. Okay, gotcha. So the bell it's, has it's like a like friction. It's more like a, imagine a, um, imagine a drum brake. If the shoes were centrif, like if, if the reverse of a drum brake, so the drum would be stationary mm-hmm. and the shoes would be rotating. And when the rotates at a certain speed, they overcome the spring holding them in and then like catch the drum and spin it. Hmm. And the the spring tension will affect like your takeoff or where your clutch actually grabs and or what RPM, yeah. Yeah. Draw you a diagram. Yeah, I would love it. I would love to learn more. Yeah, so I uh, I gotta go pick up that new clutch from him and eventually order a new one. Pick myself up a new piston, some rings, and be back in business. And then nice have another another one to ride. There you go. Nice. Yeah, I got. I have, oh, oh, I did. I rode up the street to go pick up a clutch puller from him as yeah. well. So I did ride this week, counts. which is it counts. something. Totally counts. Uh, Chris, any what's what's baby update? <laughs> what what are you growing? That's um, kind of like let's see. I'm getting my ass kicked on the daily now. <laughs> um, yeah, it hurts. Uh, just like even like a couple of minutes ago, my yawn was mistaken. It was not a yawn. It was, it was oh, no. from, <laughs> from the child. Yeah, from the child, oh. just like being like, hey, what's I, going on? I think she just gets excited whenever she knows that we're talking about bikes. So she's like, I'm I was going to say, there. I was just like, what I, want ride. I want to rip on the trail you guys talking about. I mean, she's like, I would have cleared that ditch. I would have cleared that shit. No problem. <laughs> That's my girl. I probably would not. I don't know. Um, I'm 34 weeks. Two weeks out from my maternity leave. Nice. Six weeks out from my possible due date if this kid yeah. decides to stay put. Um, yeah. It's cool. Everything's great. I'm, let's see. I don't know. Uh, you know, there's just, our neighbor kid is like starting to get into riding and uh, he rode my bike around for like a second. Nice. I let him like toy around with it and like stoked. Just like yeah, we're just gonna get all the kids in the neighborhood yeah. riding. Our, yeah, our yeah. neighbors have two sons, and one of them is—I think he's in like eighth grade. I want to say he's like thir- mm-hmm. thirteen or so, thirteen yeah. maybe fourteen. And he, um, yeah, he. Uh, so I always rip up and down the street on the XR because it's just a fun bike to kind of like. If I've been working on something for a while, and I'm like, all right, I just want to ride the bike up and down the road. The two hundred always kind of gets taken out because I feel like I got to keep it going since you're, you know, I'm baby duty. Yeah, and someone's uh, got so I just rip it up, and it's fun because you can just pop wheelies by just pulling the handlebars back because it's so light, and you can just kind of really easily get it up and hop it around. I do little static balance drills and stuff like that. And uh, they came over, both the mom and the son came over, and and we have a great relationship with them. They're awesome. They bring us veggies and 
They're just great neighbors. All kinds of great All stuff. All kinds of good great. stuff. And yeah. they brought, they were coming over, and the first thought I had was like, ah, oh, shit, they're like going to be like, hey, you're riding without a helmet. You're just kind of gooning around the neighborhood. You're really setting a bad it's example like, ah, for the kids. Yeah, that's, what I, that's exactly what I thought. And I was like, ah, dang. Like, I felt, I don't know why, I just, you know, as an educator in the community, I was like, oh, dang, I'm going to get nailed for this. And she's like, hey, you know, he really wants to start riding and i'm like yeah like i was like yes i was like literally anytime and it was so cool because he's like oh i ride mountain bikes and i'm like oh you're gonna be a shoe-in you know it's such a great fit Mm -hmm. and he got to sit on it and like do the you know I, i showed him how the clutch works and he totally got the bike to roll forward and then pulled the clutch in and got that feel for when it engages it's kind of what i have all new riders start doing and uh, we have a big field in the back of their house. And I was like, listen, like anytime it was getting uh, dark and he said he had to get to dinner, uh, they were having guests over. But I was like, listen, anytime you want, like we, I ran and got Chris's helmet and it totally fits him. Mm-hmm. It's like literally yep. anytime you want, grab some boots, grab some jeans. I'll give you the helmet and the gloves and we'll just go out to that backfield and we'll ride. So I'm hoping this week he takes me up on it. It was, it was just so cool to see, you know someone hop on it and and seeing that first like oh this is so cool you know it, the first That's time awesome. he's yeah. ever been on a bike i felt i felt very very blessed to be a part of that experience so yeah 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 it's good That's that my bike about. is also just getting put to good use while i'm waiting patiently to get back on it's it such so. an easy bike yeah, for it too, yeah. It's it's super super fun. Yeah. especially after especially after danny did all that maintenance on it I know. Hell That's yeah, true. Danny. <laughs> Danny came up and rode it Thank and you. did all the work on it. So that was great. Yeah. So I guess I guess that leads me into what I was working on this weekend. I got yeah. uh, my 250 is still in the project phase. So I redid all the linkage parts. I re-greased those. I did that a couple weeks ago. So busted those back out, kind of cleaned everything up. I took the frame and the swing arm and everything to the pressure washer this weekend and now I have it all on the bench, so it's just reassembly time. So I'm hoping uh, by the end of this week, I can at least have the chassis fully back together. Uh, and then the engine, I still need a couple odds and ends. I'm waiting on an order to come in. And then I should have the last parts of the engine. I should have that 250 back up and going real soon. Um, which leads me to what I rode. My local riding area, Mount Emily, just starting, just starting to thaw out. And it was so righteous. It was so awesome to be able to go up there. And the southern-facing single-track uh, motorcycle trails are all pretty much thought out. So I got to go up there on Friday after work and just rip around a bit, kind of see what the conditions. There's still a lot of snow on top of the mountain, but all the all the really fun kind of motorcycle single-track on the southern side is open. Uh, and it's just a couple miles from my school, so it's easy to just load up the bike, go ride for a bit after work, and, and then... Uh, come back for dinner so it's one of the perks of living in a place like this uh my ratio is actually better because my cb750 rust bucket is finally gone the owner (laughs) came up from mexico with an rv towing a dodge caravan and we loaded the cb750 in the dodge caravan it was the insane thing it was so so sketchy i was like Listen, this thing is not going to go in there up. He's like, no, no, no. We'll just turn the handlebars down. I was like, no. (laughs) So the back back story is I had this CB750. I got it in a trade, which I should have never made. And I, it had been sitting forever. And it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, I should do it. But I just realized it just, I would never get around to this project. So I was like, you know, I'll just sell it. 
and a guy f- who was lives in Lewiston but was in Mexico hit me up and was like, yeah, let me, I'll totally buy that thing. Like I'll send you a PayPal right now. I was like, sure, whatever. And, um, <laughs> sent him a bill of sale and sure enough, he came just like he said he would right at the end of March, uh, to come pick it up. And we loaded it in his Dodge caravan and he was a real old guy. I felt so bad. And you know, he's like, I'll try pulling it. And I'm on the back, just like, here we go. Just like cramming it in his Dodge caravan (laughs) and it falls sideways. And it's just laying really sad sideways in the Dodge caravan. I'm like, do you have like a young like person to help you load this thing out? (laughs) How are you getting this out? Exactly. He's just going to open the, he's just going to open the, the rear door, the tailgate and just like step on the gas. Yeah. Right. I think that launch it out. Well, I think that the, would work too. The picture you sent, I mean, it was laying on its side, but it didn't look like it was fully enclosed. Like it in. was <sighs> literally the the rear tire was sticking out. It was. So we so, so we did got he it. Just like bungee cord it. No, no, no. I pushed it. I pushed it the rest of the way in. Like oh, I said, okay. he was oh, on you, the. So you did get it all the that way. That was a mid load picture I sent you guys, but less scary. He, he was. Um, <laughs> it's like i'll put some gloves on and i'll pull it and he gets to the front and he's like "Mm," like slightly pulling it i'm like on the back just like oh come on and just like cramming it this bike weighs like without any fluids in it because it has no oil or gas in it it weighs easily weighs 475 pounds yeah like 550 yeah are very so (laughs) push that i see now the mistake i have made (laughs) and barring any ridiculous deals i think i'm done with project street bikes for a while like big street bike i just it's just so much they're so hard i almost broke my ankle i felt like a few times trying to push that thing in and out of the snow over the winter to get into that thing is heavy it was very heavy so it's it's gone so my ratio went up because now i have everything but the 250 the gt and my, I guess my little MX is not running. Yeah, I was gonna um, say so I'm what's like the... almost fifty percent. I want to say fifty percent of my bikes are running, which is pretty good for me. I was gonna say, what's the update on the Kawasaki? Because you were you sent that off to a shop, right? Oh yeah. Uh, gosh, I don't even know. This guy is kind of pulling me around. I'm I'm not really sure where what the deal with that is and where that's going. But hmm. one day so it'll still... be. Out. Still no update on ignition like coils. He he thinks it's which I was also thinking it was probably ignition yeah. coils. So he ordered a new coil pack and he's gonna install that in, and we'll see. I hope that's it and it comes back out. It's very clean otherwise, so I'm I'm pretty certain that that's going to be the cause. But I have not yeah. heard from it. I'm so. excited to see that bike run. It's a it's yeah. awesome. <laughs> it's a really cool. It's one of those bikes that it fills it ticks a lot of boxes for me. ZRX 1100. It's a very solid bike um all right daniel any any updates how's the maxim doing i'm kind of curious um yeah dude it's you know as things go i mean it still runs great it starts up super easy like just kick ass little bike but uh mm-hmm. i need to do the head bearing in it um like real bad <laughs> oh yeah and uh kind of um, crunchy when you turn it yeah and it and it just started leaking oil from the fucking oil uh, man, and i'm just like gosh darn it so it's like one of those things i'm just like man do i want to i'm getting to that point where like the itch to just like buy a modern motorcycle is really Mm -hmm. like getting to me Mm -hmm. um so we'll see but of course the hand surgery and everything else and i'm moving soon it's just like a a bunch of stuff and it's like not the right time so i just like i gotta wait and see so we'll see if i end up getting to working on that i but uh, yeah i gotta do the head bearing soon and and i gotta i think it's just the oil pan gasket is leaking so not a big deal not nothing crazy like just you know no. little stuff 
Um, the XR, of course, uh, we found out is burning. Um, I think in the hour and a half we rode, it burned like a quart of oil. Which is like, Damn! <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, it was a lot of oil. I mean, it, like once it was warm, it wasn't smoking that much, but um, but still, yeah, Jesus I was, Christ. I was like, when I came back, I was like, oh man, <laughs> like that's a lot of oil. But um, did you I carry any oil with you on the trail? No, yeah. I kept a. I kept a gallon of Rotella in my, the back of my yeah. truck. But you no know, thing Stop is, too, is I, when I realized when I went, I guess, I, you know, actually, I don't think it was burning that much. Because I think, I think, remember, because when I, when I checked it again at your house before we left, it was, like, just below the halfway point, which is strange. Because mm. when I was at my house and I did the oil change, it was, like, at the full line. But mm. those XRs are really strange, and I still don't understand mm. how the heck they're, like... Their oil dipstick is supposed to work, and um, right. so anyway, it had oil in the bike. It was definitely burning oil. It didn't seem insanely heinous, but we'll see. It yeah. needs to top it. It wasn't spitting need, weird oil like yeah. Jordan's. It needs a top end. Just, it's definitely a just, top end. It just yeah. needs a yeah. top end. So just needs a top end. Ran which part. we'll see how the world shakes me. Uh, or life, rather, sorry, shakes me down, and uh, we'll see how long mm-hmm. that bike sticks around. But we'll. Yeah. Hopefully get to it um, before too long. But, you know, as I, I literally have, like, I couldn't even put my fingernails the other day like, before the surgery. Uh. <laughs> I, like, had that little bit of strength on my finger and thumb. So it's going to be a bit of a recovery before I think I can really, like, do any fine-tuning well, or small stuff. So. And you'll now be I have an back ex- at Now I have an excuse. You'll be, you'll <laughs> so be back at it by the time season's in. You know, at least this didn't yeah. happen in June or something. So Yeah, that was, yeah. That, that was honestly, that was, that was the best Okay, like this sucks, and I'm off work, but I get uh, people can donate time off to me, which is super cool. So oh, I don't worry about I I don't have to worry about time off. I've already got that covered, and at least for the love of God, at least they'll be able to ride during the summer. So yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll yeah. Be healed up in time. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, I'll be right there with you. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. With yeah, the buddy. with the screws, I, I think the, with the screws they put in that, it actually is like a shorter heel time. I think so. Turning yeah, you into yeah. a robot. Well, but you're a cyborg. So. Yeah, I'll be. Well, you know what's interesting now is they actually take the plates out. Huh? After yeah, they take them out after like six months. But so, if they huh. but if they so leave them in, will that make your wrist stronger? Surgery. Um, no, it'll just make it so my bones get cold. <laughs> my bones are cold. <laughs> I got um, cold that bones. and cold that bones. and the way the where the plate is is quite literally it's like directly like she told me they're gonna cut me open. They're gonna pull my tendons aside. And then they're going to drill down. So my tendons are actually on the top of the screwed plate. So I can, and I can definitely feel it. It's there. So mm. it's not like mm. painful, but it's definitely there. And over time, she said it will definitely like hurt. So they're, wow. um, they just, just take back up those screws and pull, pull it out. Yeah. Dang. So, uh, ah. so like at the end of the year, which they're like, she's like, I do a lot of these in December. And I was like, yeah, because you like max out everyone's insurance premiums with these, <laughs> with these surgeries. Of course you do them all in December. It's all, yeah. it's all scam. Yeah. She goes to Virtue Flats and makes it so that people can't. <laughs> That's right. You gotta yeah. love, she yeah. gotta love that 90-day global period. That's right. All right. Well, we're glad that you're on the recovery path and you'll be mm-hmm. back out there by June. So, Robert, what's on your bench? So, same stuff's on the bench. Uh, and technically, since the last time we've been on here, I do have a new motorcycle. Oh, you do? Yeah. Um, 
so yeah so i guess to recap for because we didn't i guess we haven't really explicitly said it but we all went out riding in northeast oregon um a couple weeks ago now um and while i was out there i picked up a some year 1990 something um mid to late 90s uh xr 400 honda xr 400 uh and i'm very excited about it and someday i'll be able to ride it in the same place that I am, because right now it's still in Oregon. It's still sure in is. my garage. Sure it is. 100% Frankenbike in keeping with the yeah. <laughs> spirit of this show. Uh, it's an XR400 with a TRX400 quad bottom end. So it's got uh, electric start for those times when I just don't feel like it. And I got to say, it's kind of nice. Um, yeah. you, years and years you, of swearing, I would never do it. You never it, feel like it. <laughs> It works pretty well. I was I had yeah. it out the yes just two days ago, and I just kind of fired it up to just like let it run a little bit and kind of put around on it. And yeah, it's actually the electric start works pretty well. It does. It works pretty well. It's still got a kick. Um, it's got CRF suspension front and rear, mm-hmm. um, and it's very tall. <laughs> it's but, very um, tall. It runs great. It's got a lot of it's got a lot of gets to it. I think it definitely it needs a base gasket. I found out mm-hmm. after riding it mm-hmm. uh, for a day. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all right. So it needs a it needs a couple things here and there because it's it's very interesting. Uh, it's got like a weird like rally headlight setup. It's got wires sticking out everywhere. It's all yeah. kind of hodgepodge together. Oh yeah. Uh, the guy I bought it from is in a riding group, uh, Facebook group with uh, Jordan, yes, um, which is how it came about. Uh, great guy, uh, and yeah. So he was very like, I just want to make sure you know what you're getting when you get this. And I was like, don't <laughs> worry, man. I am no stranger to weird hodgepodge things. So I'm very excited about it. Runs great. It also puts me up to 25% running. Yeah, yeah buddy. <laughs> Easiest way to fix it. Sell a broken one or buy a working one. That's right. Yeah. Um, that is but right. yeah, other than that, everything's in the same boat. I haven't, yeah. I, it works, been works. So I haven't touched yeah. anything else, sadly. I feel that. Um, they're all just sitting there looking at me. Yep. Yeah, it has been a busy season, I think, for all of us. But yeah, um, you know, but the ice, like at least on this side of the world, the weather has been getting nicer. So I think in the last two sure weeks, has. I've gotten out to ride like four, almost five times, four and a half times. It's been nice. Great. Be nice. Yeah, it actually has been really nice. <laughs> <laughs> Since you but, mention it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been pretty great. So I think. Yeah, today I think we just, uh, I really enjoy doing the storytelling thing. I think we just wanted to kind of talk a little bit about some of those memorable rides, you know, ones where we got to see something new or had kind of a new epiphany with riding or maybe broke our wrist or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to start with Danny. I want to hear what you got, little Danny. What do you got? This is tough because like, I, I don't have all that much time like riding trails like i'm sure i've ridden around town tons of times but it's a little different um it's probably gonna steal another one from rochelle and i's trip to vietnam um so it was really my my first experience riding a motorcycle i think it was like the third day of being on the bikes um we were riding from Dalat, which is like kind of up in the mountains still southern vietnam kind of in the middle of the country um we were riding from there to nha trang which is on the coast Hmm. i think it was probably two three four hours um away but the 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 trek from dalat was just it was gorgeous it was like windy mountain roads 
it was still pouring rain so that definitely you know takes a bit of the fun out of it takes a little bit of the views views away Mm -hmm. but and the the breaks from the rain like it was just like the most gorgeous ride this lush green forest like you could stop like there's just waterfalls like the you would waterfalls you would normally see like at least from us living here in the u.s that you would have to like go hike to like take a nice little trek on a trail for like 25 30 minutes at least before you would see but these are just like roadside waterfalls um in the middle of you know nowhere we stumbled upon a uh vegan restaurant just in like essentially like a hut with a carport that a family lived like down the way from and ran it so it was cool like cool got to hang out there have some have some ramen have some some coffee and then like the everyone in that area grows their own coffee plants so like they had just like coffee trees like chock full of coffee cherries just all around the property is it was just like the what really showed what that that month of riding was going to be like yeah that's really cool um i have a ton of pictures from that so i can send them over to our lovely social media person chris to to post on up yeah, definitely. I would love to share that. Yeah, definitely. I I think I've you know I've heard of a few other people too have taken those trips and it's just such a it seems like such a rad place to ride. Definitely on my bucket list rides. For yeah. Sure. Um, up in like the I think it's north western part of Vietnam, kind of that borders along China. There's I feel like more of like dual sport riding and more like actual dirt trails and stuff. But yeah, I mean even just the the paved roads that we were on were it was just it was such a blast yeah i've i've seen some pretty awesome stuff on the continent in general in asia central asia especially for like wide open mm-hmm. dirt roads that like never end but i'm sure southeast asia has some really really awesome stuff to explore definitely yeah. on the bucket list sounds super sweet daniel big danny what's that memorable ride for you um I was kind of thinking about this because, like, you know, obviously we talk about sketchy trails and other things and, like, you know, places where I break my wrist and all that stuff. But I think, <laughs> yes, I, I think that. the one that I always come back to is, like, this really visceral experience was, um, and I think it was the first moment where I, like, I kind of realized that, like, motorcycling was for me. Um, <clears throat> and it was, uh, and funny enough, I mean, like, because, I mean, I mean, I, I knew I was, like, in love with motorcycling like the first moment i jumped on that crappy honda hawk you had that was like tuned yeah. poorly and like popping all the time but uh you know our first motorcycle trip the like the long one you know we went to john day and back sort of the old big loop oh yeah the road trip but, yeah um jordan and i took this trip to uh, it wasn't to anywhere in particular. It was just like an Eastern Oregon tour. It was really kind of the main goal. I think was to get to the Painted Hills, but we left from Portland, and uh, I rode I five from Eugene to Portland, and, and that was a moment where I was like, Why would anybody ever want to do this? This is awful. Riding sucks. Riding on the freeway at six thousand RPM is mm-hmm. not a good not a good time. Uh, yeah. And your ass hurts, and you run out of gas, and it's just mm-hmm. like, Oh, this is awful. Um, but when we got out, um, and then we rode out 84 and that was even like, it was cool. It's still cool. I mean, I was still amazed. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. But, um, 
you know, it's just it's a freeway, so you know, there's only so much to see. But 84, if uh, anybody has an opportunity to ride that, is just incredible. Um, and uh, despite it being like boring sec, it's just the views are, are fantastic. Um, but we were riding down after taking a bunch of really cool back roads. I remember so many of the cool back roads, but I think the part that really got me was um, coming into almost to John Day. Um, and I remember because I stopped and I took a picture of it because it was just insane. Down 395, there was some really, we had um, we'd woken up. It was a super chilly morning, but the sun was really warm. But the, but the shade, the shaded areas were still super cold. Yeah. And so we were coming around the side of this mountain. And uh, we were, we were, the sun was blocked by us. and or Sorry, the sun was blocked by the mountain. And coming around this corner, I'm like freezing cold in this corner. I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is so cold come out of this corner and the sun hits me and it's just this like intense like warm like it, it, and like I feel the bike underneath me the sun hits me it's super warm and then I look off to my left and there's just it's just insane like beautiful valley that you can yeah. see as like and as far as the I can see it was like rolling hills and it was just like it was such a cool view and such a cool feeling and it was the most like I don't know it's just like the most visceral uh sort of like just grounding moment I've ever had I think mm-hmm. um and it just, I think about that place when I'm stressed out, like it, it just really brings me to like this sort of Zen and, um, yeah, that was, that was probably, it was just this like little kind of stupid corner on the highway through 95, yeah. like North of John day, uh, yep. and nothing special, but just like the, the perfect mix of, um, sensory beat, like just everything. And it just, it sticks in my brain. It's this, uh, just really, really pivotal intense moment for me and like i i use that as like a um kind of grounding point for me for like moving forward nice. now so yeah it's that's just awesome. yeah. yeah that's yeah, that's so. three, 395 south when you're running out of ukiah because we camped outside of ukiah that night and mm-hmm. we took 395 down through dale and long creek um and yeah that is just such I still the one of the reasons I really like living in that part of the world because that's actually not that far for me. It's about an hour, hour and a half time to get to Dale, uh, Ukiah area, and that corridor is just like I I've ridden that probably oh my gosh so many times at least a dozen times whether it be in car mostly on motorcycle though really, and it's just always I always stop in that corridor because it goes from like big old fort pine forest to like the north fork of the john day and then like down you know it's all really windy it has there's one section that has these huge long sweepers that are so much fun to ride and then yeah you pop into that big valley just north of mount vernon and it's just beautiful it's just like as far as you can see blue mountains on all sides and the strawberries are right in front of you and it's just like dang this eastern oregon is a very very cool place to ride well, I think I've said it probably before on this show, but just the 395 in general is like so many of my favorite places are yeah. on the 395, True. either between Oregon and California, like all the Eastern Sierras, and then you get into Oregon and you get all that stuff too. It's such a just great part of the world. Yeah, I feel like if you're talking about memorable highways to ride, 395 all through Oregon um, and really a lot of California. I mean, really all of California, like yeah. it, it represents a lot There's of different things. There's so much things. cool stuff, especially if you're on a bike, you know, if you're on a dual sport or something that can kind of do a little off road, 
you know, the 395 will put you in, I mean, it'll put you in the Eastern Sierras, Sierras, it'll put you in Death Valley, it'll put you in all of Eastern Oregon. Like you throw a rock, you're going to hit a cool trail or dirt road or something, literally like any part of it. And it's going to be rad. And you're going to be still like within distance of a place to like get food afterwards. And it's just like mm-hmm. such a cool road. Yeah. I would say the pilot rock to John Day section is definitely my favorite it's it's amazing it's an amazing highway to ride one of my favorites i think definitely um robert i'm wondering what your ride would be or my and area you're gonna remember where the actual ride was uh i'm usually just like you know you want to go let's go that way sure all right um but you know that you'll know this ride and i hope i'm not stealing yours i don't know but we (laughs) talked about it the other day but it was the the mountain lion um Ah, yeah, that's, um, so yes, I do know exactly where that is. That is off of, um, well, actually I got to think about this. It's in the coast range and it's near highway 126 and it's crossing the, yeah, it was either, let me ask you something. Was that a day ride? Let me actually, you tell the story and then I think, I think I know where it is, but if you tell the story, I'll know for sure. I know that. I mean, yeah. So I know like general landmarks, I know is near the 126. It was crossing the coastal range to the coast. I just don't remember where specifically on the coast did we spit us out at. Did we end up on the coast? We did end up on the coast and I'm trying to remember where. It's a Indian, Indian, um, Indian Creek road. It leads, it's the chowder run. It leads to it was, Yeah, exactly. I think it was the first inaugural chowder run. Indeed it was. Sounds right to me. So, okay. So the important part is we're riding, um, on this, um, it's like logging road, like a logging mm-hmm. road through the coastal range, um, coastal Oregon. And it's super fun riding. Uh, love the logging roads up there are such a cool, like, mix of sometimes you'll get some like rock and like some little offshoot trails that you can go kind of like goof around and work on your climbing and work on your like descent um but by and large it's kind of like just enough space that you can really cheese it in turns and kind of like put a leg down and get your like little flat track turn yeah um because it's just like real real mellow trails but you still get enough like you know variation and and stuff to make it fun and you're going through the forest so of course it's like beautiful and any any time you go from inland Oregon to the coast is going to be a cool ride or drive or hike or anything because inevitably you're going to get to this part where you like you know you're like in forest in forest in forest and you can't really you, you can tell where you are but you don't really know where you are and then there's this like moment all of a sudden no matter where you are on the coast range where it's like you turn a corner and suddenly the trees all clear and it's like oh there's the ocean like I'm at the ocean I made it. I'm at the coast uh, and it's just like the coolest experience. So we're doing this ride and we're coming up and we're kind of getting to that point where we're about to crest the coast range and we're kind of going uphill and we hang a big like hard right to kind of straddle the ridge before like descending. And we turn the corner and right in the middle of this logging trail is the largest mountain lion I've ever seen. (laughs) Like huge, 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 like, I don't know at least in my mind. And it's just like chilling. I don't know how it didn't hear us coming, uh, brapping along, but it's just like, it sees us. We see it. It's like, ah, shit, I got to move. And it takes off. And we're kind of expecting it. At least I was kind of expecting it to just like bolt into the woods, but instead it kind of takes off at this like gallop, just straight down the road. So it's going, we're following it. We're all going (laughs) in the same direction. We're like, as just the two of us and it, and it's maybe, 
I don't know, like 40, 50 feet in front of us. Like yeah. it doesn't have a good lead. We're kind of like, do we, do we stop? Is it going to like, what do we do? We'll just keep going. And it's kind of like keeping pace, like galloping, galloping. And it's like looking back at us. And I am convinced that we had like a full, I don't know, like 30, 45 seconds, just like keeping pace with this thing as it was galloping in the road. And you could see like every muscle and every like footstep of this thing, just like galloping, kind of like looking back, going like, well, the fuck are you guys going to leave me alone? And we're going (laughs) like, please don't kill us. (laughs) You know, like at what point does this thing go like, all right, I'm over it. Uh, And it was just the coolest. Yeah. Just one of those things that like, I don't know how else you'd have, you could have experienced that. Um, And it, it just lives in my brain. And then of course, finally it kind of, was like, all right, I'm over this. It veers yeah. off into the roads and like watched us from the tree line as we like passed and then like immediately turn. And then it's just like blue sky, ocean, mountains is just like, yeah, amazing. It was actually at the, I know exactly where that right turn is. It's at the junction of Forest Road for 58, uh, 156. So there's a point just south of 10 Mile Creek. I know exactly where uh-huh. it is. And I, I remember, remember. yeah. Daniel knows it really well too because we've done the we the call it the run. chowder run. Yes, yeah, the road from Venita to uh, Yahats using as much forest road as he can. Every chowder run is always a different route, of course. Uh, but that one I remember as being um, it's just south of uh, fifty eight where fifty eight hundred picks up and it takes you out to the one hundred one. Yeah, and yeah, it is an awesome place. I remember it was later in the day, and yeah, I I remember pacing it and looking down at my speedometer and we were going about 30 miles an hour and it was yeah. just like we were perfectly paced with it which is horrifying because i'm like holy <laughs> crap and the, robert i had the same feeling like, of yeah. like i hope this thing doesn't decide to just like wait a second i could take these guys and stop and like yeah. jump on us you know and we had like and i like i know it's definitely one of those moments where it's like slow motion as you're experiencing it yeah. but it was also like a, we had enough time that I think we both like did the like double take at each other and like, are you seeing this? Are you seeing like what <laughs> is going on? The yeah. cats looking back at us like, fuck you guys, are you really going to do this? And like, and that was the thing is, yeah, I think we were probably doing like 30 and the thing wasn't even breaking a sweat. He was just like, no. oh, whatever. Yeah. Like probably could have like beelined if he really wanted to. It was crazy. That's all my, all my memorable trails other than the infamous one involve animals because the other one is the horses in baja which i'll save for another episode but that's mine i guess mine is yeah that's that's a really good one i think you know when you think about the the critters that you see when you're out and i guess i'll do kind of one similar um when i was this was back in 2016 i think this whole ride was really memorable for me because it was the first long like long dual sport trip that i did and one of the first ones that i did without a lot of planning i had just kind of x amount of days off and i was like all right i'm gonna ride to missoula uh robert you were living in missoula at the time it's like i'm gonna ride out visit you know robert and then ride back i was living in Venita in the coast range of oregon and i just kind of went for it and it was just such a great experience because it taught me so much about moto camping which we'll definitely have an episode on coming up and uh cast iron pan cast iron pans what to pack what not to pack you know i i rode with like canvas panniers that were terrible um but it was a really like skin of my teeth i think i did the the trip 
knowing that a check, like a paycheck was going to come in halfway through it. And I think I left with like a hundred dollars in cash or something. And I knew that the first like four or five days I was just going to have to do on like the hundred bucks or something. So it was a totally like balls of the wall, just like, yeah, I knew I was going to have to get a tire halfway through the trip, but I just knew I just, I, I knew I had to do it, you know, and it was so great. It taught me so much about being, um, kind of you know self-sufficient on the trail it really forced me to meet a lot of really cool people on that trip um but one of the specific highlights from that trip was the return so i'd left missoula actually pretty late in the day and i knew i could take highway 12 which was the way i came in i knew that i could take highway 12 back which was kind of the safe way to go because it would take me to grangeville and it was on highway so i knew i knew i'd get there in time you know because i i think i was trying to do the entire return trip in two days um, so, which is like, a uh, very long trip. It's like eight, eight or 900 miles. And on a XR 650L, it was a very tall order, but I had left, I had left pretty late in the day. I remember we got breakfast and I had heard so much about the Magruder corridor. And I was like, I feel like I'm all the way out in this part of the world. I just got to do it. And it's this long point to point. Uh, it's like 125, 130 mile, uh, point to point off-road trail, uh, that straddles the Frank church of, uh, Frank church wilderness of no return which is our our nation's largest wilderness area and it was just such a cool ride you know the going through the magruder corridor i got to the highest point i'd ever been uh riding which was like eight like eighty five hundred feet eight thousand feet or something and it was so great i met so many awesome people on the trail almost ran out of gas made it to the bottom way you know a common theme and uh, when I got into Elk City, it was already dark, uh, which is the westernmost point of the corridor. And like this flagging crew of like strange older women were like, hey, what's up? And they're like, do you need, was it, are you staying tonight? I'm like, no, I'm just trying to like move on. And I was like, you guys don't happen to have gas for sale because the only gas pump was, was closed and it was shut off. It was actually locked. And they're like, yeah, we can give you some gas. <laughs> and so I was like, all right. And, the, you know, it's like nine o'clock at night. It's like pitch black. They're like loading me up with gas. Like, all right, you'll go to Grangeville. You go out this way. And so I load up with the gas and I take highway, whatever, 14 uh, it is that takes me back to Grangeville. And it, right as I'm like, I didn't really get enough gas. I underestimated how far it was to Grangeville. And I was, I had just switched to reserve and I'm like trying to ride kind of conservatively. So I was uh, the first part of the road, I was going pretty quick. And then this, and then I flip out of reserve. So I'm like, you know what? I better start going a little bit slower and not like a mile down the road from there on highway 14, an entire herd. And I mean like 30, like 40 elk, just like jumped down off the sheer cliffside. Like it was insane. They just jumped down right off the cliffside on the right side of the road down into the river. So like the river's on the left and there's a cliff, like a, a cliff going up to the right. And they just jumped down right in the road. And if I would have been going five or 10 miles an hour faster, I would have either hit them or been a part of the stampede. I have no idea. But I just remember stopping and my headlight, like all the elk kind of flickering by and watching them just run in the middle of the road and just kind of disappear down into the riverbank. It was just such an amazing, so cool. Idaho and Montana mm -hmm. are just such wild places. And, you know, I got really lucky and I didn't like get killed, but it was really great to see that. And, you know, it's one of those moments that kind of like, kind of takes your breath away as you're riding. You're like, whoa, that was, that was really intense. 
and it was definitely a really memorable moment so mine mine kind of also has to do with wildlife um so yeah chris i'm wondering what you have for your memorable what was that what was like a memorable moment for you while writing um oh god i'm I'm kind of torn between like the trip that we made in mexico together Mm. oh that's Um, a good even though i wasn't riding or um well i i wasn't the one who was like riding the bike but um or driving the bike and prospect oregon and, mm. and riding in prospect i'm like so torn between the two um but i kind of want to just highlight mexico um because it's just like as someone like it was kind of like my first like pivoting like really like thinking about riding mm. Um, and Jordan was in the process of like trying to convince me <laughs> <laughs> of getting a bike, um, of riding a bike. And I'm like, okay. So we took this trip a few years ago and I, Jordan rode from Portland all the way to Cancun to meet me. Wait, it was you and Robert who were there. Yeah, it was just me. No, right? different trip. No, wait. It was different trip. Okay. I'm, th- I'm mashing my, my trips together. I tried to talk um, Robert so- into this one, but he was like... That's a little too crazy. That was. Yeah, I was just gonna say. As you say that, that is an insane amount of miles that you put on that. Bike. It is. I think it was I, the time, and I think I also didn't have a running motorcycle. No, you didn't. I That's covered. True too. I covered from Portland to the Yucatan in about twelve riding days, and it was. Yep. Stupid. <sighs> it was it a was... long twelve days for sure. So I flew into Cancun to meet Jordan. And booked, luckily, my plane package included a hotel, which was desperately needed by Jordan because he was a <laughs> hot fucking mess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I had showered um, for, oh, it, it days, had been a few days. A week. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know. It, it was something. Hmm. It happened. So he picks me up from the airport. I hop on the back of the bike. And I'll literally all I'm wearing at the airport is literally my gear and my helmet and my backpack and that was like literally it yeah. um and so like hop on the bike and we're like i'm like here we are let's freaking do it because riding a motorcycle in mexico people are nuts especially yes. in cars they just don't freaking care um if you complain about it here in the states you better just ride anywhere else yep. but here and you'll really know um and so we get to the hotel and it's great and we i'm like this is just so weird because it's so bougie and like I feel like a Kardashian and it's gross feeling. (laughs) (laughs) And like, and it's just weird. It's really weird. People are having like happy hour karaoke downstairs at like the, at the pool. And I'm like, Oh, we got to get the F out of here. And Jordan's like on the same page of like, yeah, we got to get the heck out of here. And so we do. And like the, the, it was the best ride because we rode through like so many different villages, just as soon as you get outside of Cancun, it's like a completely different place. It's not the Mexico that you're advertised here in the States. It's like super rural. There's like cornfields and sugarcane all over the place. There's these tiny villages with like cinder block houses and these topes that fucking could wreck your fucking life and wreck your ass. Basically big speed bumps. Yeah, everywhere. they're massive speed bumps and they just smack you in the butt if you don't like... <laughs> do anything to like save your butt like post up but it was great it was super fun got to see like different cities and places but my favorite spot that we rode through was 
Palenque, mm -hmm. Chiapas, the state of Chiapas. Um, and we got caught in a rainstorm and it was cool because all we had were little ponchos and we were not prepared, yeah. but it was <laughs> fine. And I, like we rode through this highway where it was like, it was paved and then it wasn't paved. <laughs> and then it was like Very mud and then like traffic with like semi trucks and like animal trucks and people on their like tiny little scooters. Yep. And like everybody's on the same road and we're just like, yeah, this is great. And I'm like literally standing on the bike while Jordan's riding, making sure that we're not like slipping. And it was the wildest amazing thing in the whole yeah, world. I kinda, and then there were I kind of tapped yeah. you and I was like, hey, maybe you want to post up just a little bit during this dirt section. Because it was like riding the SV. I did it on an SV 650. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, it's going to be a little loose on the back end. You know, <laughs> I was used to Luckily, riding. I have great balance. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> And it was loosey-goosey for a bit. And then there's, like, monkeys in the tree. I don't know if, Jordan, I don't know if you saw, but there's, like, they have little monkey crossings mm -hmm. across the road so they don't, like, fall into the road because apparently it's a problem. You get hit by cars, um, but, yeah. Yeah, you can totally, like, see them, like, staring. And then there's also howler monkeys in, like, the city of Palenque. And they're like, don't feed the howler monkeys. <laughs> don't go near the howler monkeys. And they just sound disgusting in the, in the distance. They yeah. sound like they're going to eat you. They're just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just so gross. It's horrible. But it was like the best ride ever because we just did this massive loop through mm -hmm. the Yucatan, saw so many different places, ate so much food, got food poisoning, yeah. of course, because it wouldn't be a Mexico trip without a little bit of food poisoning. Just a poisoning. little bit. Just yeah. a smidge, a sprinkle. Um, and just like, you know, getting my getting used to riding long distances on a street bike mm -hmm. on the tiniest little seat yeah. in the whole world my butt hurt my legs hurt and then i got used to it and it was fine and then i realized i needed better gear if i'm actually going to ride my own bike and and yeah that was just kind of like it was the best trip ever and then i flew back to portland from cancun and you know, lived the adventure of Jordan riding up by himself from Cancun all the way back to Portland. Yeah, that was the loop we did was a thousand, just under a thousand miles, maybe at a thousand miles. Yeah, and, and it was beautiful. Yeah, and it was a good pace too. It was like nine days, so we had lots of time to to yeah. tool around and got to see a lot of little towns along the way. And yeah, it was it was cool. Chiapas always has a special place in my heart, and I cannot wait until the day when I can return. Yeah, same. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there's a really cool common thread in a lot of these stories is that, you know, there's maybe not always the thing that we expected them to be, but there's always kind of those little memorable moments of places that we've seen or maybe some of the critters we've seen along the way. And yeah, I think that's what really struck me about starting to tour on motorcycles. Uh, Cause I feel like of all the, dis the quote unquote disciplines of riding, you know, adventure, like tour riding, whatever you want to call it, touring is always kind of my favorite because it thrusts a lot of things that I really love in my life, like backpacking or camping and riding motorcycles kind of all together. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like we have a moto camping episode. It's, it's ready to happen. I think we should, yeah. we should get to it mm -hmm. soon. But, uh, you know, I, I think like in all those experiences, there's always something special, but it's always cool to think about those, those moments that really made those trips special. So Thank you guys for sharing. That was really awesome. Well, 
as it were, we're here to the clapped out pick of the week. And I am very curious to see what y'all have picked for this week. Let's start with you, Robert. What do you got? All right, let me find it here. I So this week I started off not really having anything on deck and then kind of got spoiled for choice. Found a <laughs> lot of very, very clapped out projects. Some I might save away for future weeks, there but this one takes it because along with being a clapped out bike, it is also a bike I would love to own someday if I wanted to keep accumulating things. Uh, let me find it here. A classic. There we go. That's showing up. Yep. Yeah. It is. Yeah. 76 XT 500. Hey. And it comes with spares. So it looks like you've got a complete bike with a seat that needs reupholstering. Um, but it's even got the side plastics. It's like literally, it looks like it's totally complete. And then you get an entire second frame yeah. and engine and rear with suspension. And it's all spray painted gloss black poorly. Nice, nice. Wow. Um, as you do. Yeah. There we as, go. Well, as wow. one does. It looks like there's some bars hands. down there. There's the top end of the engine, maybe, or another top end. Mm. Hard to say. Hard you to get see. a little dustpan. You nice, get a headlight. Nice. <laughs> You get some other stuff. But if you look at the one in the back, it is... Looks pretty good. It's got bars. It looks pretty good. It is complete. And for a thousand bucks... It's actually not a bad deal. No, it's a really good deal for an XT these days. I mean, just like we talked about this all the time, all the old kind of classic dirt bikes. There's another one for a thousand bucks. All the classic dirt bikes are really like skyrocketing. Um, Mm -hmm. So really cool bikes. You you too could ride on the bike. The first bike to win Dakar, the XT500. Uh, and that's my clapped out pick of the week. Lots of more clapped out, but that one I think is a, a cool actual thing that somebody could pick up for a thousand bucks and actually ride around. And yeah, there you go. Yeah, have a good time. Yeah, yeah that was a solid, very, cool. very solid pick. Chris, what do you got for us this week? Tight. Um, well, I had a few um, that I wanted to, that I had to choose from, and I found this. Uh, this cool little trail master oh a trail master yeah and it's just like here let me try to zoom in. there yeah, we go yeah. this one was almost mine really i i had this one in my tabs and i was like i'm gonna pick this one and then i, I, I chose something different but solid yeah cool cool bike oh that it's is cool just the coolest looking thing mm-hmm. look at that cavity and for the battery yeah, yeah. and there's just like it's the most clapped little thing sure I've is. ever seen. And it's still, oh, it but sure the chromage is. Mm. is real cute yeah. looking still on it. I actually didn't and realize how far back they used that Yamaha logo. It's on the oh, yeah. oh, heck yeah. tuning forks, yeah. baby. I was going to say, yeah, I, I love little little details on stuff, especially on older bikes, because I think there's like details you don't really see on modern bikes. And yeah, and that, totally. that one picture, the overhead with the speedometer, you can see the gas cap has a Yamaha logo yep. on it, yeah. which is just super right cool there. to me. And it comes with the pipes. Oh wow! And so it's like it looks like it's missing pipes, but no, they they have everything. It's all there. And it is for the beautiful price of five hundred freaking dollars. Reasonable. Straight out of Spokane. Oh, five hundred doll hairs. Yeah, five hundred doll hairs. Um, let's see. Let's zoom out. Let's what's that description? It's a long description. From the bought from bike the museum. vintage bike museum in Rathdrum, Idaho. Rath- with Rath- the intention. Rathdrum of 
fixing it up, but never got around to it. Uh, when I purchased the engine was seized, so I pounded out the piston, which ended up crumbling into the case. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Man. I got most of it, if not all, the pieces out there, out of there, but are never, I don't have my glasses on, so pardon me. We'll just, just uh, yeah, we just, we got most of the parts. Don't worry about it. We got, yeah, it's just fine. <laughs> but at the time, the electrical worked at one point, and the only thing missing was the new piston and the seals, which he has for the bike. Hmm. It's um, ready to go. Comes with an, yeah, it comes with an assortment of parts, both purchased and salvaged in true clapped out form. Mm-hmm. Um, will be a great project bike for anyone that knows what they're doing. Love it. <laughs> $500, open to trades. Yeah, beautiful little. I think with these last two listings, we're seeing this really uh, as my my weekly bike market commentary. I think we're seeing a kind of return to reasonable bike prices. I think so too. I was noticing that in some of the uh, recommended ones, it looks like kind of back to pre quarantine. I think so. I think everyone's stimmy has run out, and they're just like, "Oh shit!" (laughs) Please take all these things I've accumulated. (laughs) Or people got like pandemic projects, and then. Their partners were just like, if you don't get this <laughs> damn <laughs> thing out of my They're garage. back at work. Like, oh, they have no master. Yeah. yeah. One, of, one of my uh, coworkers uh, at the school was like, so now that your wife's pregnant, do you have to get rid of your bikes? The old lady making Hell you get rid no. of your bikes. I was like, ha, joke's on you. She's got two bikes of her own. And they're like, <laughs> oh, dang. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sucks to suck. Part- partner with people who can share the things you love. That's right. Always a good flaw. Or at least won't encroach yes. on them. <laughs> at least yeah. won't encroach on someone's them. Someone's trying to control you. Just a little dating advice, you know? Back uh, out. Just, don't, bow just back out. Just back out. Wrap the other way. Pull right. You don't need that shit. Tune the you other know? direction. Daniel. Big Danny. What's the secret. What do you got this oh, week? Oh, man. You know, it's I funny because we, we were just talking about these the other week. You had um, such big talk about it. I, I got to see it now. And uh, we were just talking about these the other week. Where it was the uh, the Honda uh, Moto Compo, is that what you call yeah. it? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, the Moto Compo. Did you find yeah. one? Oh, I you sure did. One for like five hundred bucks, and Danny's gonna be crazy. I, though, if yeah. there is one for five hundred dollars, sure. you better go buy that for me right now. <laughs> it's, so it's, I don't think you want this one. <laughs> don't underestimate me. Let's see it. Yeah, yeah. don't underestimate. He'll drive yeah, right, right there right now for it. He's true. driven up for shittier bikes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can you guys see my screen? Yeah, it's happening. Oh. oh, there it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's missing it. all of the plastic. <laughs> oh, no. It's missing everything that makes it a Moto Compo. It's a cafe uh, Moto Compo. It took me a second <laughs> to realize. It took me a second to realize what this was because I like I saw the, oh, the I saw the name and I was like, wait a second. But you can see like the little like. <laughs> <laughs> that wow. And the oh my God. the uh, the handlebars are like very strange. I mean, these, so the monocompas are designed sure to be are. like these compact motorcycles that fit in the back of uh, like a Honda. I'm not sure what the name of the Honda. Honda car, City. The, SUV, the Honda Civic. Um, City. And we were talking about these the other week. Honda City. And so I thought it was really funny that I found one of these the moment I searched for a $500 That's motorcycle a- on uh, Facebook. <laughs> It's um, amazing. Wow. And well done. Yeah, it looks nothing. It looks like a like a rat pit bike. Um and it happens to be a eighty six Honda Motocompo. And the description literally reads, uh no title, of course, because why would it? 
uh, it's a, he picked it up as a project bike, and it looks to be a, it looks like it had been turned into a redneck <laughs> campground bike, which <laughs> indeed like, it has. A, what, what a, a shame! What a shame! Seized the engine. Honestly, <laughs> so somebody turned this incredibly rare, like very limited motorcycle into, oh, into a rattle please, can. Please shit notice machine. the flames. Like, there's, there's flames. Uh, yeah. Look at the look poorly at the, stenciled flames. Look at the gears turning in Danny's eyes as eBay. <laughs> I want nothing. I want nothing. Find motocompo plastics on eBay. No, no. no. What I yeah. what I think is cool that I've actually I actually don't didn't know this about the motocompo because I've never seen it without its uh its you know its outfit. I didn't know it was a uh, one sided rear wheel. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh yeah. Side on, a, on a mono shock. Mono that's really cool. Yeah. Suck it, BMW. Yeah, Suck I was gonna it, say BMW. Honda did it first. <laughs> yeah. That's actually really cool. Yeah, that's pretty rad. It is a little Honda weird. did that. Um, Yamaha has a couple that are not necessarily yep. monoshock, but have that just the that style the drive frame. swing arm. That's cool. Honda had their. Um, ooh, I could be totally saying this wrong, but I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Honda. The Honda Hawk had a single sided swing. It arm. does. Yeah, it the, was the, very it hot. Does. Yeah, the eighty. Yeah, the the Hawk does. Oh, indeed, oh. indeed. Well, what's this, the dude whose garage you um, we were working out of when you were fixing up the SV before Mexico had one? That's right. That was yeah. Brandon. Probably not Brandon. Sorry, Brandon. Brandon. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Brandon. If you're listening, thanks for letting me work out of your garage. I really appreciate that. That was, was a really nice garage. That was for the Mexico trip, actually. Um, that trip on the SV650. Oh yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah. Um, true. Yeah. Sorry. Who's next? What do we got? Danny? 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 Uh, yeah, let's go. Oh, shit. Yeah, let's go. Oh. Is it, we're, we're waiting. I, you know, I'm getting there, okay? <laughs> oh, okay, Danny hasn't done it. It's riding there on a moped. It takes a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Honey! Okay. Pure, I like purely that color. for the Wait, color. Where's the price? Where's the price? Yeah, how much is it? How much is this, bitch? How much is it? Three grand. It only has 123,000. Only eighteen hundred. Okay. That hasn't been started in a while, but ran great last time I rode it. Well, then why do you want eighteen hundred? Two year vintage bike. Yes. What? No miles per hour. Two years. Oh, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. For eighteen hundred. Yeah, ran in nineteen eighty uh, when he rode it. I love these KDXs because everyone was like, "Hey, we're gonna move to square headlights," and Kawasaki's like, "Nah." No, we're going to do really small, ridiculous round headlights. And they have had those With on all of their dirt models. It looks so good. I think it looks cool. It I really like those. I like it. So yeah, cool. like it. All the old KDX have so, has those. Also, just like the, I don't, the I don't know enough to say. chartreuse plastics. Uh, for certain, but I know that it's kind of at, still at the tail end of like radially, radially thinned engines. Oh, yeah. Cool to see. Oh, yeah. I love the uh, Air-cooled KDXs. Well, the 400 wasn't, it was indeed, I I would believe it when he said two years because I don't think it was very long. Yeah, they did. And the 200 was the 250 and the 200 were really the hot ticket for Kawasaki. And I think the 200 was here we go. This is uh, listeners, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was 1986 or 1987 when they moved to a water cooled engine. And the KDX is still I see old or when I lived in Western Oregon in Tillamook, I saw old KDXs pretty regularly. They are still going. Yeah, the awesome KDX has a bikes. huge following. Oh yeah, and then modern ones, the the last gen that ran from whatever it was, nineteen ninety six on or ninety four on, 
um those are like yeah those are kind of hot buys in the pacific northwest people uh, in washington have them plated and they are just the do-it-all woods bike they're so so reliable so easy like easy linear power they're kind of like they call them four stroke two strokes because they lug you know they don't really snap like most two strokes do uh really solid woods bike um some racers even took them to titles once upon a time but anyhow kdx's i would love to have one but i don't and it makes me sad one day though so let's see here i guess I'll. what do, do you have for us this week <laughs> i did something i try to keep it different every week and this <laughs> one related to my story you know we we're talking about touring i'll say mm-hmm. again for the third time i think a moto camping episode is right around the corner but um I picked this. I I always ask myself, am I old enough to own a Concours or like a Pacific Coast? A Pacific Coast. I see Pacific Coast. I scoffed at Pacific Coast. And it was uh, Emma from the Motorcycles and Misfits yeah. podcast who talked about her Pacific Coast and how amazing it was. And uh, yeah, I mean, I would not turn my nose up to one. The more and more... Like I have the ZRX 1100 now and it's kind of like, yeah, it does. It does touring really, really great. It's awesome. And it's still sporty, mm-hmm. but I see these concours and they pop up sometimes. This one is pristine. That rear seat though. It's in it's great crazy. condition. It looks like a My giant booty would feel ninja. real nice in that. Uh, yeah, yeah kind of is. I mean, it's just it's, a yeah, gi- pretty much same body lines. I yeah. think it's a four, yeah, four cylinder thousand CC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a four cylinder leader bike. It just, they just, they're electric. They just go, they have very smooth power and has this really horrible looking fairing the body works are very <laughs> full, square full like what's important to notice is i think this is actually a 2002 i think they just kept this body style like all through the 80s all through the 90s they're just like nah it's good it's just square it's what the people want Game broke you know i just i always ask myself am i old enough to have a concours or a gold wing or something like that you know i forget what the yamaha one was called uh, but I don't know. The more and more, you know, sometimes I think about taking a ride around the valley and it'd be a few hundred miles or something. I'm like, should have a concourse. So. Get that double iron butt. Oh double. man, it'd be really nice to have a literal car seat underneath me right now. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Uh, pretty much. Wide seats, a lot more comfortable. Yeah. I, sure is. So yeah, I think, I don't know, one day I'll get that touring bike of my dreams. But that's pretty much our show for the week. You know, we talked about some of those rides that we really love and, some of those memorable moments we had with nature. It's not like common theme was really nature, right? Nature. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. We've gotten just all kinds of awesome love and people saying really nice things about the podcast. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. If you really liked, I mean, really, really like the podcast, you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash clapped out moto and buy us a coffee. Now, remember, if you buy us $1,000 worth of coffees, uh, we will buy a Coleman mini bike. We will put a Predator 212 engine in it, and we will jump not a small fire, a big ass fire. And that's a guarantee from all of us at the Clapped Out Moto Hour. Sure is. So we're now on most of the major podcast platforms Apple Music, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts. One called Dogbone. Ooh. I just, it popped up this week. We're now carried on. Uh, I'm pulling it up because it was so bizarre to me. Dog catcher. 
Hmm. I've never heard of this platform. So for all, uh, if you're tuning in from Dogcatcher, you're maybe municipal city employee aficionados or really into like dog catching, um, great. Thanks and welcome to the podcast. You can always send us a message. Maybe you're looking for ways to take your dog catching uh, solutions in a more mobile and more fuel economical (laughs) way. If you have questions about those kinds of setups, you can always email us at clappedmoto at gmail.com. Of course, hit us up on the Instagram where you can see our picks of the week at clappedoutpod. And thanks again for listening to another episode. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Are you saying I shouldn't say the name of the podcast? No, I don't start? think you need to. We, no, it's nine episodes. I think you should. Hey, it's Clapdown Moto debate. Hour. Debate. I think saying We're welcome here. to the Clapdown Moto Who Hour doesn't? is totally you, everybody appropriate. Everybody says the name of their... Do they? Yeah, yeah fuck you, Denny. All right, let's start.